Welcome, welcome, welcome to the L7C podcast. This is Byron Mitchell, the captain speaking. Now, if you know if I'm doing the intro, that means we got a very special episode for you. That's right. It is our annual Batman Day podcast with our moderator, Martin. He's going to be answering some questions for you all. How are you doing today, Martin? What, third annual Batman Day podcast? Yeah, third annual because we've had, we just hit three years on the L7C podcast. So it's always cool to be on this side of the podcast doing the guest part. And I'm good, man. Um, Day of recording, we got NFL full Sundays back. We're week two into college football. I know you guys tune into our college football pods weekly and then our NFL bi weekly. So I'm good. How about yourself? Hey, it's man. It's been a good day. Saints won a very close game. We survived, but hey, that first dub is always always feels great. Facts, 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 facts. All right, man. So, like I said, this is our Batman Day podcast. But before we start anything, we gotta pay respects to our man Kevin Conroy, who will be almost a year, November eleventh of twenty twenty three. It'll be a year of his passing, but. Can't do a Batman Day podcast without paying respects to the GOAT. Yeah, it was gonna be like you said, a year in November. Um, I was very I was very excited to almost have the opportunity to meet him when GalaxyCon was announced for where we live mm-hmm. at. And I mean, when he passed, I was just like, Man, I did go to GalaxyCon. I went to the like service part for his stuff. So it's kind of crazy that the one chance I was gonna get to meet him, it just life happened and yeah, just it'll be the first Batman day without him. So I'm pretty sure they're going to do some stuff for him as well because he's been Batman for most of his life. I mean, from mm-hmm. Batman the animated series to a lot of the um to Justice League, to Justice League Unlimited, to some of the Batman animated movies, a majority of them, to the Arkham series and Justice. I mean, he is Batman for 90% of Batman fans. I mean, when you mm-hmm. read a comic, you read it in his voice. So, yeah, you just got to uh, shout him out on Batman Day from now and forever because that is Batman. Very, very iconic, Tevin Conroy. We were both at that GalaxyCon tribute um, that they did, and they did a very, very nice job of <laughs> just last-minute preparations for getting that out because he died in November, and I think GalaxyCon was some third. Um, but they did a very good tribute. Um and I know they'll be back at this year, so we'll see what they, any Batman-related things they do at GalaxyCon this year. But again, shout out to the GOAT. I would also, to pay respect to Arlene Sorkin, uh, for people yes. who don't know her. She's the original voice and inspiration behind Harley Quinn. Uh, just a quick thing, I know people, if you don't know, Harley Quinn did not start in the comics. She actually started mm-hmm. in Batman the Animated Series. So that led from her success on that show, the comic publishers were like, oh, who's this character? She's okay. We like her. So that's how she transitioned to the comic. So it's very rare that a character starts in a show, an animated comic book show, and then starts getting her own comic and then gets tied into the lore. So rest in peace to her as well. Yes, rest in peace to her. Um, I didn't know she was the original voice. I always thought Tara Strong mm-hmm. was the original voice. But hearing her when she passed they did like clips of like her as the original voice like just see hearing her is like wow she is iconic as the harley Quinn voice as well mm-hmm. so, shout out to her as well 
Um, so recently the Flash movie came out and it was Ben Affleck's last performance as the Batman. So as a Batman fan, what is his legacy as the Bat? Also, so I won't say much. Uh, I won't try to regurgitate anything because if you haven't listened to our Flash review, make sure you listen to that. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll link it in the comments and all that below. But objectively, it's very complicated. Very, very complicated because... Ben Affleck, uh, one stat you don't want to have. Ben Affleck is the only live-action Batman to not have his own film. Which is wild when you think about it. It's crazy because obviously Ben Affleck got announced as Batman in 2013 at the Comic-Con. And he was in Dawn of Justice, Justice League, Whedon, and Justice League, Zack Schneider. He did the Mm -hmm. cameo in Suicide Squad. Obviously, The Flash. Like, he's been in multiple movies of the DC EU, and for him not to have his own solo thing, it, it's it's honestly embarrassing because from the other standpoint, a lot of people are sad about it because that's their favorite Batman. Uh, the mm-hmm. line that they always throw out is he's the most comic accurate batman which i feel like they take that way out of context for what that even means (laughs) because i feel like when they say that they just say it just to say it because that's a cool thing to say but it hurts man that he didn't get his own um movie like it really does the positive things from him though is that he's the first batman to interact with superman on the big screen interact with the justice league on the big screen like he's the first one to be in that comic type world the other batman movies have been by been batman by themselves and maybe throwing a Catwoman there or a robin there and a gordon there and then they're going against their super villains they've never been on the more world universal scale like ben affleck is so mm-hmm. it's wait it's a wasted opportunity i mean when he first got cast the sad affleck memes that started to, he was killing all the people in the movie and BVS to the warehouse scene being the best Batman fight scene live action mm-hmm. ever to Whedon Cut really killing him to Justice League to Schneider's Cut being like, oh, we want more of this Batman. Um, and then his last speech in The Flash was really good. But before that last speech, people didn't like the like way he was acting on the bridge of Wonder Woman and Flash. So it's literally mixed, man. It's 50 50 because. I wanted him to get his own movie. I wanted him to have a conclusion. But that's a lot of people's favorite Batman because he is comic accurate. Which Yeah. Like you said, what is comic <laughs> accurate nowadays? Um, but Ben Affleck, man, like when you first got casted as Batman, I was not a fan because of his performance as daredevil but Mm -hmm. watching his batman movies actually he did grow on me so i definitely wanted him to get his own movie because the pitch they had was him versus deathstroke and that would have just been a great movie with um joe mangiello playing deathstroke um when he showed up at the end of bvs the snyder not bvs uh League the snyder cut um he looked great in the Mm -hmm. deathstroke costume so i definitely would have wanted ben affleck to get his own solo movie but such as life with wb and all that shenanigans that we've talked about ad nauseum on these podcasts he was supposed to be in aquaman that's coming out 
this year, which again, have no trailer yet, uh, potentially a trailer coming soon, but still no trailer. But then James Gunn cut it out because he didn't want any confusion going forward on if Ben was going to be in the DCU, not the DC. Like, so yeah, Flash, he was supposed to be in uh, Aquaman, but Flash was his last performance. So sad, sad, just sad. Every time I think about the DCEU and the potential I had and what it became, it's just sad to think about. But in that Flash movie, we actually did have three Batman. We have Ben Affleck, Michael Keaton, and George Clooney. Mm-hmm. But what did people want out of the Batman in the Flash? Yeah, so what people wanted, I think, in the Flash movie in general, was more multiversal encounters with different versions of themselves. So, like, mm-hmm. Ezra Miller got to interact with uh, Ben's Batman at the beginning, Keaton's Batman for the middle to majority of the film, and the end scene with, like, two lines with George Clooney's Batman, which no one really it was like, oh, I'm surprised, but no one really cared for it like that. I think people wanted the interaction. They wanted it as close to Flashpoint as possible. So they mm-hmm. wanted the actor who played Thomas Wayne in BVS to be, like, Thomas Wayne Batman. And like have him have interaction with Ben Affleck's Batman or have the other Batman meet each other to help Barry. Like none of that stuff happened. So it's a wasted opportunity. Like if we could have had like a side by side fight with uh, Keaton's Batman and Affleck's Batman, that would have been earth shattering. Yeah, I would have loved to see that because that silo fight that Michael mm-hmm. Keaton had in the movie was amazing and we talked about Ben Affleck's warehouse fight scene so just them two together could have just made a great great fight scene and I was one of the people like I've seen the George Clooney Batman multiple times me and my brother used to watch that a lot when we were kids but George Clooney is George Clooney I wasn't super excited um to see him come back but you know we've talked about this on the Flash podcast which again you should listen to that that role could have been the new Batman or the new DCU mm-hmm. um, to say, hey, we know this Flashpoint, we're starting the you know, movie universe. Here's now our Batman. But James Gunn you know, hasn't picked out his actor yet. So that didn't happen. So I think that was just like a, a wasted cameo. Yeah, and they tried to get Christian multiple times. Multiple, multiple times. I don't know who was asking on their behalf, but he just kept saying no. Because so. Nolan wasn't attached to it. If you had gotten Christopher Nolan, I bet you've been, uh, not been athlete. Christian Bale would have showed up. Agreed. Just a quick cameo. I mean, it was just, a, it was a terrible, that movie ending was terrible with the Clooney and Barry's tooth coming out. Like, it just wasn't good. And I also think people saw that when they saw Keaton fighting, they're like, this was the Batman. This is the Bruce Wayne we wanted for Batman Beyond because that was stuff Mm -hmm. on the table. If certain things went well, everyone's always wanted Keaton to be old Bruce Wayne to a Terry McGinnis. But now that's gone. So if they wanted to, they could still do that story. People would go crazy for it. But I just don't think they will. I mean, I know that was that was even stuff 
uh, CW-wise because of, like, the future stuff with, like, a Legends of Tomorrow meeting, like, Terry McGinnis Batman. That was mm-hmm. stuff that was talked about for a while, and it just never came to pass. <laughs> oh, the CW. Which... My foe. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, too, because from the CW standpoint of, like, the Batman stuff, obviously he was just, like, a huge shadow. Like, you know, you couldn't use him because of all these intellectual properties, yada, 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 but... It's also weird from the CW standpoint, just quick side that it's been gone for a while. And it just it doesn't it doesn't sit right. It doesn't. Like I was just thinking about either yesterday or the day before. I was like, man, I miss Arrowverse. Yeah, like, it was crazy because we still have Superman and Lois, but it's just like the other shows. Again, Batwoman and Legends of Tomorrow didn't get their proper series finale, so it's just like. A big hole that's left on the CW. And obviously Superman and Lois too just aside, because they have obviously Superman, Lois, Lex Luthor is crazy, Doomsday, all that stuff. <laughs> People have always been wondering if a Bruce Wayne's gonna show up on that show. Highly doubt it, but obviously it's a Superman mythos, Batman is important, so I I highly doubt that. But no, nah, it's weird because you know you've had shows for ten years that you can consistently count on, especially during those dog days of if you're a sports fan and there's no sports, but you're like, oh, I got Arrow at Tuesday at 8. I got Flash mm-hmm. Wednesday at 8. Or I got Black Lightning and all that stuff. And then, like, that whole universe gone. It's just... it's I've been thinking about it the past couple of days. Like, man, it just feels weird because when there was no sports and you had nothing to watch, you always had the Arrowverse on TV. Yeah, even with sports, like, the fall premieres, like, in a couple weeks, like, a new Flash season would be here. Mm-hmm. Like, all right. Wednesdays, uh, Flash, Thursday, football, Saturday, Sunday, football, come back Monday, Arrowverse again. Miss that time, man. It was such a magical, magical time. Oh, yeah. I remember Sunday night football games. I had to I had to watch Sunday night football, and I had to watch, like, when Batwoman was coming out on Sundays. Mm-hmm. Like, because I didn't want to miss it. So, it's still crazy. Also, check out our Arrowverse retrospective that we did i know that's also really a good one and still trying to do a part two on that more on that later on or on that later speaking of christopher nolan um he Mm -hmm. had his 2008 superhero epic the dark knight which grossed 536 million dollars worldwide domestically domestic thank you domestic it was the highest grossing domestic release in warner bros history Mm -hmm. until this year with barbie uh eclipsing how much has barbie made domestically it's like five, four, four, five forty something. Five forty something. That's very impressive. I know you and Chelsea did a whole episode on Barbie, so go check mm-hmm. that out if you haven't listened to it yet. But that was a fifteen-year record that was broken this year. As a Batman fan, how do you feel about it finally being broken after fifteen years? It was funny because Chelsea asked me this question on the Barbie side. I, I mean, records are meant to be broken. I think with Barbie, the Barbie Heimer thing as a movie goer, I'm very happy for I know Oppenheimer because, you know, directed by Christopher Nolan. Very happy for both of them because those were like the last movies that were able to be promoted by their cast before the strike. Um, mm-hmm. People, if people remember, too, when they were in London and they all got the text that the strike was happening, they all got up and left. So. They promote that really well, and it's a really good... I mean, it's a really good movie. I like the movie. Shout out to Harley Quinn, live-action Margot Robbie. 
But for it to last 15 years, you got to think. That movie came out in 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, the 538 domestically made one billion worldwide. Again, the first superhero movie ever to make one billion dollars. I think people don't realize that the first one was in 2008, and now that we're in 2023, you could hit or miss with mm-hmm. a billion dollars because a lot of people are like, "Oh, this superhero movie is unsuccessful if it doesn't make a billion." It's just like before 08, it was uncommon because from you. From 2008, The Dark Knight was the first billion-dollar movie. You didn't have another billion-dollar movie until 2012 with The Dark Knight Rises and Avengers 1. Then some mm-hmm. of them started coming in. Like, it's not it's not a common thing to do. Like, you have to be you have to be a really good comic book movie and a really good movie overall to get that. So, for Barbie to break it 15 years later, it's great. Can't wait to see what breaks Barbie's thing because that just shows as a movie goer people are going to the movies. You make something yeah. good, people will will go. So yeah. But, no. Very, very impressive after 15 years it's finally broken. And it's crazy, like you said, like if your movie doesn't make a billion dollars, you're considered a failure. Especially um, in the superhero game. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy how the Dark Knight set that precedent. Like Oh, if you don't make a billion dollars, you're not successful as a superhero movie. Well, it's wild. <laughs> it made a billion dollars. It got nominated for eight Oscars, one, two, won a whole bunch of Golden Globes. Like, it also started the controversy of people of getting snubbed of Best Picture. That was a huge deal in 2008 that mm-hmm. The Dark Knight was nominated for all the things in the world, but was snubbed for Best Picture. So it made people look at who gets nominated for the stuff and open their eyes. I mean, just. Last year, whatchamacallit, Angela Bassett was nominated for Best Supporting Actress in Black Panther. And the mm-hmm. community was upset she did not win because she won the Golden Globe, but won the Oscar. Mm-hmm. I mean, that stuff didn't start happening until Dark Knight, when Heath Ledger won Best Supporting Actor in a superhero movie. So, he's still, he's still the only one, superhero-wise, to win Best Supporting Actor in an Oscar from a superhero movie and Joaquin Phoenix is still the only one to be best overall male actor in a superhero movie in Joker. So that's crazy how both Joker characters got Oscars for their performance, which both did very, very, very well as the Joker. I agree. I think some people have been snubbed though. Like Angel Bassett should have won. Mm-hmm. I do think of from a longevity award perspective, Robert Downey should have been nominated at the end of Endgame just from a mm-hmm. longevity creating that world thing. But they're getting stuff in like makeup and music and mm-hmm. all that. But that's Marvel's still looking for that best supporting actor, actress, act award for a movie. Well, we got a lot of uh, movies coming out in the next couple of years. Well, yeah, got delayed because of yeah. the strikes and all that. But and Dark maybe Knight- one of them will get it. And Dark Knight Trilogy is going to be in select theaters during the Batman Day festivities. So if you haven't seen it in theaters, which maybe you haven't, maybe you're a younger person and you haven't seen it in theaters and you want to go see it in IMAX, go right ahead. I mean, you can also buy the the DVDs are out and if you can casually just watch it on HBO Max or randomly Mm -hmm. on things. But again, if you want the full theater experience to try and remember what it was like on those movie theaters, it will be in theaters. So check them out. I think the only one I didn't see in theaters was Batman Begins, but I definitely saw that Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises yeah. in theaters. 
Yeah, and Dark Knight Rises, obviously, I mean, it always has the little cloud over its head because it was on track to beat Avengers 1, but the cholera, the shooting happened mm-hmm. during that movie. So, yeah. Parents were and people were afraid to. Yeah. Yep. No. But no, check them out. Check them out. We did see the Batman together. So the Batman 2 um, is coming out uh, October 3rd, 2025. What rumor villains are on the horizon? I know we've talked about the Court of Owls, mm-hmm. uh, but what other villains are on the horizon for that movie? So when you say 2025, it makes it seem like it's a long way, but that's only a year and a half from now. Yeah. Which means by the end of maybe next year, maybe next year, Batman Day, we may get a teaser. We may. Or depending, or depending on what DC does at next year, Batman Day, or if y'all remember the very first superhero episode ever on the L7C podcast, DC Fandom during COVID times. Uh, I'll maybe need to bring that back. Yeah, that was the very, that was the captain's very first episode, Fandom. That's a very, maybe that's a podcast in itself, a re-listen of Fandom to see what they were talking about back then and see what actually got applied, because... That was a long time ago, but yeah, 2025. Um, right now, those people that we already mentioned a lot. There's a lot of steam picking up for Clayface, but without hours, which would be weird because Clayface has the shape shifting ability. So I don't know how you have him in there without powers. It's also depending on where the story is going to go because obviously mm-hmm. Peng- Penguin's supposed to have his show on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. So you can't just so the city. How long are you going to have for the movie? You're going to have like a year's pass since Riddler basically flooded the whole city. It can't just be, or are you going to try and do it like it's been six months, the city still sucks, and now there's a new crime lord trying to take over, or Penguin's taking over. I don't think they're going to want Penguin, but like, Clayface has been one that's been talked about a lot. A lot of people have talked about maybe a Mr. Freeze type, but it all depends on where you're going, how far is the time skip from the end of Batman, the Batman 2, the Batman 2. Yeah, especially with, like you said, the Penguin show coming out on um, HBO Max. Like, is Batman going to be a part of that show? Or is just going to be looking at, like, maybe his rise to power since Riddler basically blew up the city and flooded it. And Falcone's dead. I mean, that crime stuff done. Catwoman's doing whatever she's... You know, and it all depends on like where they're putting. If it's like, oh, this is ten days after the Riddler thing, then I expect most of the city to be flooded. Mm-hmm. I think they should give it some time. Like maybe I think six months would be like a good threshold. Like what has happened in the six months since the Riddler? Like the city's still flooded. Is you know, is it still shitty out there? Where's Penguin? But I feel like if Penguin's in the movie, I feel like he would have to be. The main villain, yeah, not necessarily. There's also talks like we talked about Kurt Bowles, but if they want to keep the crime mob boss feel in the movies, Black Mask is a really good option. Mm -hmm. Like he starts taking over because Sionis does have big influence in Gotham, has his own bank, all that stuff. Anyone who's watched Under the Red Hood animated movie or played Arkham Origins, he's in there. Or if you've watched the Harley Quinn movie. Um, and mm-hmm. Birds of Prey, he's the main villain there. So he would be a very good one if they're trying to keep the grounded mob feeling. Yeah. I like that. 
But the you say Clayface without powers. Now that's weird. Like I would weird. love to see Clayface like take that big movie role, but if you're gonna do it, you gotta do it right. You can't have him yep. without powers. Like that's his main shtick. Yeah, I would with Clayface too, I agree. Like I would want something with obviously his main shtick and people who haven't been in the movies of recent. We've gotten to a point where it's like I mean, Riddler getting his big stuff, that was really cool. Mm-hmm. But obviously people are like, well, if you watch the deleted scene in the Batman or you paid attention to stuff that got leaked, there was a scene of Batman talking to that universe's Joker. Mm-hmm. So people have already claimed, like, oh, when are we getting that interaction? Well, I think you can still put that way off to the side and like have a clay face or a black mask. Hell, even with the place getting flooded, have that influence um, a poison ivy who's all about, like, the world, wildlife, and all that stuff. Like, oh, this city needs to be destroyed because nature can live. And I saw that through Riddler blowing everything up. Have her in there. Like, that'd be a very interesting uh, twist of villain. We don't always have to go to... I mean, we'll get a Joker eventually. You don't need to go to Bane. We've already had, Mm -hmm. like, Roz and all that stuff. So, like, some other... There's a whole bunch of Batman villains. A Hugo Strange would be nice, especially if Batman's... Mm -hmm always in Arkham, so yeah, those are some different ones that they should think about, but 2025, Matt Reeves, uh, Robert Pattinson, the crew coming back, we'll see, we'll see, we'll, we'll even see if that's still the case because of the strike. Yeah, that's right, has definitely pushed back a lot of um, MCU shows so we'll mm-hmm. and movies, so we'll see if that bubbles over into the DC side of things um but speaking of directors you brought matt reeves uh there's another director andy muschietti who directed the flash he will be directing dcu batman brave and the bold do we really trust him to direct this movie oh captain that's a you tell me man i i go (laughs) (laughs) oh it's just I didn't like a lot of the stuff he said in the interviews of Flash. I'm not going to lie how he said he had power to basically get any cameo he wanted, but he didn't get the cameos that made the most sense. When he said, oh, yeah, it's too filled with cameos. I was like, all right, you had Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, and at the end, um, uh, Jason Momoa. The core people from this Justice League. Cool. But I don't then know I- you also had... Like those CGI, like Nicolas Cage and then uh, Christopher Reeves and the original Supergirl. So, like, yeah, so those that made no sense. I mean, I know if you wanted the for the wrestling fans out there, if you wanted the cheap pop of seeing Nicolas Cage as Superman finally, sure, but they made no sense. You didn't have a Jay Garrick interacting with um, Grant, you didn't have or Grant, you didn't have Grant Gustin <laughs> in there being Flash, you didn't have uh, John Wesley Ship being Flash. So that stuff concerns me because this Batman Brave and the Bold is supposed to have Batman, it's supposed to have Damian Wayne, and it's supposed to have people of the Bat family. So who are you about to have in this Bat family? You're gonna say the Bat family is gonna be in there, but then not cast an Alfred? Like are you gonna have a <laughs> are you and if Damien's in there, uh Dick Grayson would be Nightwing, you're gonna not have Nightwing show up? Like what Bat family? You're just gonna put some random Joe Schmoes in there? Like that that concerns me. Yeah, because he really did have the power to make Flash like bigger than what it was, and he chose not to. So I'm a little concerned um, with the direction that the 
brave and the bold has will go um we have not any casting news yet because the strikes happen so it could potentially come out 2026 or 2027 i'm leaning more towards 2027 because we have made no headway with the strikes so i don't think they're gonna end anytime soon so we can get that casting news so people start working on the script and all that fun stuff yeah and i'm surprised i mean they're still sticking with them because flash didn't do so hot um, at the box office and i feel like that's a lot more of the ezra Miller stuff than the actual movie itself james gunn i remember when he was hyping up saying it's one of the greatest superhero movies he's ever seen highly disagree with that but also we got to put in consideration this is james gunn's first batman day as like boss so mm-hmm. obviously with this worldwide stuff and i mean like if you link will be in the thing there's stuff going on all over the world celebrating batman movies parades all of that stuff is james gonna gonna want to make a splash this year i feel like he needs to maybe not needs to i feel like he should um because he did give us the super casting for superman and lois um a couple months ago so a whole bunch of rando superheroes in that movie that's true (laughs) that is true it's gonna be uh i guess a Superman with established heroes already, so that'd be interesting to see. But if he wants to make a splash, go ahead and give us that casting news. If they were casted before the strike happened, which yeah. we don't know if they were or not. And last time he was asked about it, he said that they haven't come close to making anything like that. So it is what it is on that perspective. But I mean, if he wants something, he should do something make a splash on Batman Day or but maybe he wants to save it like you said a lot of people are already thinking like end end credit scene of Superman legacies when we'll see the new Batman or they wait till next year or they do a fandom thingy ish again or mm-hmm. something like that but it's very interesting cuz or maybe he doesn't want to announce a casting person because Castings either get loved or they get smoked on social media. It's just the way it goes. Mm-hmm. There's you have mm-hmm. a few people who are like, oh, let's just give it a chance, but then you hear some contradictory stuff from the people making the cast, and you're like, what the hell? Obviously, with the stuff with Henry Cavill, it's like, oh, we didn't want an older Superman or whatever, even though he's not that much older than the new Superman. And, and then James Gunn saying this isn't a Superman origin movie. And if it's not a Superman origin movie, why do you need a new Superman when Henry Cavill has been wanting to do it? And it's going to be hard, man, because people really like Robert and people really liked Ben Affleck. He had a cult following. So he's going to get met with rejection. I do think Andy can get some of the um, fights down from the small stuff that I saw with Batman in the Flash movie, but... Mm-hmm. That's the suits are you got to make the new suits, you got to make the new emblem, you got to have the voice, you got to do all these different things. So, who's going to be the main bad guy in that movie? Like, it's interesting because Flash he didn't handle that well, and Flash's fans are nowhere near as <laughs> um, psychotic as Batman fans. So. Yeah, if he fumbles the bag with Batman Brave and Bold, the Batman fans are going to tear him a new one. Yeah, and a good and a good Batman movie, not even to 
I know we were talking about money and putting expectations, but a good Batman movie is at least 700 million worldwide. At mm-hmm. least. I mean, if you look at the past couple of movies, um, the, the Batman, even though I don't know why it gets considered a Batman movie, Batman v Superman, Donald Justice, obviously the Dark Knight trilogy is like, they've made a lot of money. Like stuff he's involved in usually makes a lot of money. So yeah it has he has the biggest fan base movie wise in dc probably him and joker um we'll mm-hmm. see what the superman movie does so like that's minimum if you're teetering 300 million worldwide at the end of your thing with a batman movie that's not good that's that's not good and james gunn definitely will have to go back to the drawing board him and andy if that does not eclipse like it says 700 million that's, that's the minimum it's the minimum So let's go on to the Batman game side of thing. There hasn't really been a new Batman game in years. Um, they did announce that the Arkham Trilogy coming to Switch on October 13th of 2023. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be, I guess, a remaster or a remake. Um, I don't know if the Switch is going to be able to handle all of that. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, but is it worth the buy or is it just a cash grab? Oh, it's a cash grab, man. If you've already, they've already remastered them on like the system. So if you have, mm-hmm. if you have a PlayStation or Xbox, you can get the Arkham Trilogy on that. If you really are a fanatic and you want to just randomly play Batman on your Switch, or maybe in some households, the Switch is the only gaming system you have and you've heard of these games and you want to play them, then sure, get it. But if you already have had it on a console, you do not need this game. There's nothing new they're adding to any of these things. There's no special new missions. There's no special new suits. You're not updating any of these things with a season pass. If you've had the season pass for Arkham Knight, Arkham um, Asylum, and Arkham City, you do not need to buy this game. The only reason I would have said to buy this game, which is another reason DC's just freaking idiots, if it was a true <laughs> Arkham continuation, if you had Arkham Origins in there, because mm. then, because that has not been remastered on any console, it's still the old 2013 version on like PlayStation 3 and Xbox mm. 360. You could play it on your PC. Like you can go to Steam and buy it right now. But if they were to remaster that, that would have got a lot of people excited because so many people want Arkham Origins remastered. I think. They probably should have remastered it or added it to this. Call it like the instead of the Arkham trilogy, just call it like the Arkham storyline or something like that. Problem is, is that the first um, City Night and Asylum were made by Rocksteady, and Origins was made by WB Montreal, who made Gotham Knights. You already know how that goes. People are like, oh, they yeah. Even though it's literally a continuation. It's literally fits perfectly to the Arkham story. They even mentioned stuff in Arkham Origins in Arkham Knight. So it that's what people would want. But now nah, don't you don't need to buy this. And like you said, man, at the launch a long time ago, PC couldn't even handle Arkham Knight. So I don't know how <laughs> I don't know how they're gonna put all this in a switch. And if also is like, are you gonna play a game? And then when you're done with it, you you click out of that, go to the next one. Or if it's something like where it's a continuous thing that might be cool that you're just going to and like it's just a continuous story 
But that would be dope if they could do something like if that. If they did it like games, that, then I would be a little more interested because I was like, all right, no breaks, no stops, it's just Arkham. You're playing through all of Arkham Asylum, and you don't have to be like, oh, this is the click X to enter Arkham. Nope. You go straight into the Arkham City story, and then you beat that. You go straight into Arkham Knight. That would be cool, but it's like, if you're a completist person, do you really want to put yourself through going through all those Riddler stuff again to get Nightfall Protocol? Like, Do you really want to do that all over again on a smaller screen? What would have would be crazy is that if they did like the continuation storyline, you had to collect all Riddler trophies. See, that's not even pleasing <laughs> to people. That was one thing that people hated: Riddler trophies and too much Batmobile and Arkham Knight. Yeah, and the boss those Riddler really trophies good. were, oh my god, just to get the true ending. Yeah. But no, you shouldn't get it. And it's like, we're still waiting, which we've talked about on previous pods. Suicide Squad, Killer Justice League, where it's the last Batman performance of Kevin Conroy. And maybe they're waiting for that to happen before we get a new Batman game. But specific Batman game, not since like Telltale um, season two. But it could be another thing, too, where it's like, even though there's a plenty of good Batman voice actors out there, Troy Baker, Troy um baker uh Mm -hmm. baker jason omara like there's a lot of um good batman voice actors could be something where it's like they don't want to get anyone because kevin's gone so now they can't get kevin so but they got to figure that out man and that's a whole that's a dc video game thing in general justice league um kill justice supposed to come out next year we'll see because we're supposed to be playing that game right now supposed to be playing it last year (laughs) (laughs) I, I, we've talked about this on plenty of podcasts. I don't know if that game is coming out. Like, if they delay once more again, they might as well just give up on it. It's like, because I was excited about it um, when they did like the little 30 minute gameplay. Mm-hmm. It looked fun to me, but there apparently there's a lot of backlash with it. So they're like, we'll take it back to the drawing board and revamp it. So it's now coming out February 2nd of 2024. But I don't I don't think it's coming out. And then even from like you had Gotham Knights come out. We've talked about this too. It's like first game where Batman, you don't play as Batman in a Gotham game, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. You don't even get him as DLC because they've basically given up on DLC. Maybe even mm-hmm. words. Maybe that's what happens on Batman Day. Gotham Knights decides to drop some DLC, like a teaser for DLC that they're going to release in like 2028. But because <laughs> that that game has so much opportunity, and I have not yeah. touched it since I beat that game because it's just there's. I mean, I do like the end game content where you can do other, like just random missions across this uh, street, which Arkham Knight severely lacked. But mm-hmm. it's like what Arkham Knight was really good is there was a whole bunch of DLC, whole bunch of new mm-hmm. bad guys around. Like that Gotham Knights, they just gave up. Yeah, you had the villains, yeah, Harley Quinn, Mr. Freeze, and Clayface, so you can do those missions, but outside of that, um, with the Court of Owls, you didn't really have any other villains that you can interact with, so they could have definitely did DLC, like, oh, this month, play this mission with Poison mm-hmm. Ivy, capturing Poison Ivy, or something like that. 
Yeah, they just gave up, man. It's like anytime I see a poll of what video game is like better because of the past couple of superhero games like this or Marvel's Avengers, I always pick Marvel's Avengers. And I'm a Batman person, but it's like Marvel's Avengers was given DLC to the very end. Mm-hmm. They were continuing the story. I mean, if it wasn't for COVID and some things, Marvel's Avengers would still be going on. Yeah. COVID definitely. Shout out. Shout out to one of the L7C's most streamed game, Marvel Avengers. We'll be getting back on there soon, because that game is a lot of fun once you know what you're doing. <laughs> yes. It is, it is, it is. Let's switch to the comic world real quick. So there is a comic out called Gotham War. I know we were talking about it um, earlier this week. What's going on with Gotham War, man? So that intriguing. literally just started. Just started this past week. Reddit on... Uh, we'll see you do it on Monday, Thursday. Read it on Thursday. So basically, Batman and the Justice League, they had this little fight stuff with the villain. Batman's been asleep for like eight weeks, uh, wakes up, Prime is severely down. And the reason Prime is down is because basically now all the henchmen, henchwoman, all that stuff, they all work for Catwoman now. Um, Interesting. Every, all of them, all the other crime bosses, like a Riddler, Black Mask. They don't have any goons anymore. Everyone basically works for Catwoman. And Catwoman has taught them that no heist is worth your life. Uh, Mm -hmm. No violent stuff. You can only steal from rich people. So violent crime crime has been down like 90-something percent. And she finally called the Bat family into a meeting, was talking about it. And, of course, Batman doesn't agree with it because it's like you're still stealing from people, yada, yada. Uh, mm-hmm. The other Bat family members, like a Batgirl, Nightwing, they're like uh, Tim Drake, Robin. They're like, well, stats. I mean, you can't lie with the stats. Crime is down. It is down. So, and then you have like Jason Todd, who fully sides with Catwoman. So that's been starting. Um, Batman literally just got in a fight in Batman One Thirty Seven against the Bat family. Because of their beliefs on this stuff, like he was fighting all of them, mm-hmm. and like Damien came to help him, and then at the end of that comic, Vandal Savage, if you're a DC fan, just bought Wayne Manor. Um, huh? was very, <laughs> yeah, he just bought Wayne Manor. Uh, Batman's not a billionaire at this point in the comics because of the Joker um, war that they had, and Joker stopped playing around and just says, "All right, I know who everyone is," and like took all of the Wayne fortune, but then they got it back in the end, but it's all under Lucius Fox now. So he's like mm. a modest millionaire who's been living in like a modest millionaire neighborhood. So <laughs> he, he's gone through a lot because it, um, Zach Sadarsky, who's been doing really chip Sadarsky, who's been doing really well in the comics. Um, he's doing really well in daredevil too. If you want to go read some daredevil, but he had the fail safe arc, which was the artificial, intelligence that batman created to be able to take himself out if he ever went killed anyone mm-hmm. uh then he got blasted to a multiverse with no batman then was fighting the godfather of the jokers so he was the one who basically created every joker in the multiverse and that's when you had the scenes of last time we talked like batman meaning all the different batman of the multiverse mm-hmm. Meeting Michael Keaton, like this is the main comic Batman meeting Michael Keaton's Batman, meeting Adam West's Batman, meeting the Dark Knight Returns Batman, meeting the Injustice Batman, like all of that stuff to now 
him having this going to have this internal war with people in his family and Catwoman because he's going to feel like crime is crime and like it's going to be very interesting. It does sound interesting with basically Catwoman being the queen of crime. Um, so it was interesting to see what happens. With and that. she's training these people, training them how to do heist, training them to defend themselves, but again, to not have anything violent. Like she says, no heist is worth your life. So, and look, and what can you really do? I mean, obviously, they still love each other, and it's like, mm-hmm. and, and it's a different perspective because of that love there. And she knows all of their identities, they know her identity. I mean, what would make news more? Catwoman, like, oh, Catwoman, Selena Kyle. Most people, so a lot of people are like, okay. Or Nightwing is Dick Grayson, Batman is Bruce Wayne. Like, you always have those dangerous things you could do in the pocket. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a very nip and tuck, and lines have already been drawn within the family. So all of that. The last fight that Batman um fought, he got to use his metal hand because right now he has a metal hand because his hand got cut off in the multiversal. Time travel. So he has a metal metal hand. So <laughs> man has been going through it. <laughs> and he he really he has been going through it the past couple of years from the Dark Knight Metal series from um Scott Snyder with the evil multiversal Batman to like all the stuff. Like he he's been going through it. He's not caught a break. Well, maybe one day he'll get that break, but not until the Gotham War is over and then we'll see what his next big adventure is. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is all the topics we have for today. Did you have anything else you want to talk about? Um, Not really, uh, particularly. Obviously, we, I mean, the guy gets his own day. This has been going on since, like, 2014. So, mm-hmm. and now it's just become a, it's almost a DC Hallmark event because it's a, gives them a excuse to sell a whole bunch of Batman merchandise, which obviously goes to their pockets. I know there's going to be some, there's obviously, if you're into comics, there's free comics at comic book stores that participate. There's going to be a prelude to Gotham War that should be free. Potentially, it's just a 10-page prelude story. The movies, uh, the games, but hopefully you sit on these type of things. It's like a Comic-Con. You're just waiting for, you're waiting for some news. Did you have any questions? Um, The only question I have for you is, how will you be celebrating Batman Day this year? Oh, I will watch some Batman stuff. I will not lie about that. Probably some. I probably will watch the warehouse fight scene. I'll probably watch some Batman from the Schneider Schneider cut. Some Batman Begins stuff. The car chases and those. Mm-hmm. Um, probably watch the opening monologue of the Batman, where they think I'm hiding the shadows, but I am the shadows. Like just some some clips, you know, and just. Patiently waiting, seeing all the tweets, be like, all right, we getting some news or or no. Who knows? Who we'll knows? wait and see. We'll see. But no, I definitely will be uh watching some Batman things. I might actually go see Batman Begins in theaters since I haven't seen that one in theaters yet. But we'll see, you know, with football, which gets precedence. <laughs> The greatest thing ever would be if they finally announced that Jess Atkin, aka Dean Winchester, gets announced. That'd be the greatest Batman day maybe ever. Yeah, everyone yeah. wants everyone. If you could just type his name and type in Batman, you see fantastic fan art and all. Like everyone wants him to do it, man. Yeah, didn't one year he for Halloween he dressed up as Red Hood. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, he's yeah, voiced so he Red Hood in Under it. the Red Hood, which is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Like, and he's soldier, he's soldier boy in the boys. So it's like mm-hmm. people want him to do it. Is it's all again? It's they're gonna say we're gonna go with a young Batman, and the guy's probably gonna be like forty years old. So. <laughs> Hey, they say 40 is a new 20 nowadays. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, uh, we get some great news on Batman Day, which is September 16th of this year. You can check out any of our past DC pods. We probably have talked about Batman on all those. You can check out our previous Batman Day episodes mm-hmm. last year and the year before that, because this is year three, which is wild to think about the year three of the L7C. but this is the captain signing out. Yeah, and um, shoot for the listeners, you can listen to this on Batman Day. <laughs> True, it will be dropping on Batman Day. <laughs> but um, all right, thank you, thank you, Cap, for monitoring this one. Always appreciative. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. Thank you for listening to this episode of the L7C Podcast. Be sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the channel. Follow us on all social media platforms, and we'll be talking to you guys soon. Take care.